It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Are there changes coming to the Washington Commanders offense already? That and more on today's mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Tuesday mailbag episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this to this podcast. And you continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Just go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders to do that. You can text me about anything we're talking about, we're not talking about, you want to talk about football and everything in between. We've got a lot of fun things coming up on that platform here in the very near future. So come through and check that out with me. Go one-on-one. I'm your host, David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. And I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 on today's episode of locked on commanders. We're going to go over snap counts from week one. We're going to, we're going to consider a new trade idea and we're going to discuss the plan for punt returners and defensive rotations. But first we got to start with new assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, Eric B offense. Cause I got a lot of questions from my locked on commanders, insiders, my lock insiders, as I call them, referring to offensive pace and play calling. And a good amount of those were specifically asking about the running back position, Brian Robinson versus Antonio Gibson. Uh, Not direct competitors. Obviously, they want both to be successful. They want the entire team to be successful. But in the eyes of those outside the organization, competitors for snap counts, competitors for touches, all of those things, right? So in week one, a very interesting thing happened that obviously is going to bring up questions on Antonio Gibson's touch share moving forward. And that of course is the fumble uh, that Antonio Gibson suffered with eight fifty-five left in the second quarter at the Arizona 16. The Washington commanders were on their way in for another score, potentially a touchdown, at least a field goal Uh, up until that fumble, that fumble itself was Antonio Gibson's third touch of the game up to that point. Following the fumble, Antonio got two more touches in the entire rest of the game after that. So Two and a half quarters, one and a half quarters. He got three touches, two and a half quarters following the fumble. He got two touches, a little bit of a drop off there, right? Brian Robinson, on the other hand, had five touches before the fumble happened. He ended up with 15 more after the fumble happened. 
Uh, Chris Rodriguez, the rookie running back, had one touch beforehand, had two touches after. But I don't look at that as saying that Chris Rodriguez got a touch that AG probably would have gotten or even two touches after that AG would have gotten because both of those uh, were kind of at the end of the game situation. They were trying to just run out the clock, trying to you know get some positive yards, stuff like that. And I think that's a plan that they probably had for Chris Rodriguez coming into the week uh, already. So I don't think that the fumble impacted Antonio Gibson in the sense that he lost touches to anybody else. I just think that if anything, the Washington commanders went more with packages that were designed for Brian Robinson, more play calls that were designed for Brian Robinson than maybe they would have after, you know what I mean? Like maybe AG would have had three to five touches in the second half. Had he not had the fumble, Brian Robinson would have had 12 to 13 uh, touches in the second half. But I think at the end of the day, Brian Robinson is the number one back on this team. Like, I don't think it's a one, a one B situation. And if you go back to Antonio Gibson uh, during the the preseason, he was asked during a scrum or, or during a press conference, I can't remember which one it was, but he was asked at one point, like what his role was within Eric Bianami's offense. And he kind of mentioned the third down back role, kind of the second guy, you know, and that he was okay with that. He just wanted uh, to help the team become a success, right? And then, of course, you have Chris Rodriguez, who's the young guy with potential that they're going to have specific packages for. And as he earns their trust, maybe that'll expand uh, a little bit forward. But I think Brian Robinson really kind of is your guy. And then even when you talk about the passing game, I think a lot of people said, well, AG can really impact the passing game. And that's true. But what you don't want to do if you're Eric Bieniemy is you don't want to get to a point where Team CAG on the field, they say, okay, this is a pass. They see B-Rob on the field, okay, this is a run. And I know a lot of people say, well, no, duh. But I'll tell you, I've covered NFL teams that have done that exact thing where one running back on the field, it means it's pass. One Another running back on the field, it means it's a run. I know it's probably hard to imagine that would happen, but it happens. So uh, Eric Bieniemy, fortunately for you and for us and for everybody's sanity, is not one of those guys. So again, in the passing game in week one, Brian Robinson ended up getting two targets. AG got one. Now, again, if, if the fumble doesn't happen, maybe AG gets more passing targets. I don't know. I can't predict those kinds of things. And certainly Eric Bieniemy probably not going to tell us those. And if he does, it won't be till Thursday. So we'll see if that even gets brought up. But what we have seen all preseason and during training camp is that this team has been working on Brian Robinson being a receiver, whether it's out of the backfield split wide. We've seen him split wide motion in. We've seen him motion or start in motion out wide, right? And we've seen AG do the same type of stuff uh, as well. So certainly this is a scheme that Eric Bieniemy is drawing up that he wants defenses to not know just by who the personnel are, what's about to happen. So they're going to continue to do that. I don't think AG is going to be riding the bench, right? I think he's going to get more opportunities, you know, but certainly if that fumble issue becomes an issue again, like it was a couple of years ago specifically, um, certainly could be problematic for AG moving forward. But right now, I think the plan is going to stick to the way that it was, but that plan still is Brian Robinson getting the lion's share of work uh, for, for the, for the Washington Commanders backfield. So of course, then there were also questions about Sam Howell and his usage in the offense uh, and what his lessons are going to be. I mean, he's not getting benched, but you know, the way that he, he plays within the offense, coach Ron Rivera said, quote, you're never as bad as you think. And you're never as good as you think. This is what he said after watching film. There were some really good things that happened. There were some really good rhythm stuff that was on. There were some things that were just kind of like, oh, why'd you do that? I know we spent time this morning looking at the tape, sitting down with assistant head coach, offense coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, and quarterback coach, Tavita Pritchard, and senior offensive advisor, game management uh, coach, Ken Zampezi, going over that, those things, and just kind of getting little corrections on those things, end quote. So that's the how coming in on Monday. That's the day after the game. It's the day off, you know what I mean? So that's, that's your quarterback coming in on a Monday to go over with his coaches, and look at things. And, and Ron Rivera said he did some things well. He did some things not so well, right? So what did Sam Howell do well? Well, the rushing touchdown, 
obviously was a good thing, right? Extend the play. Don't put yourself in too much danger. But you read the field. You keep your eyes open for all the opportunities. And when you see an, an opportunity, you take advantage of it. So he, get, he did that. He got in for the rushing touchdown. Ends up being the game-winning score and helps Washington Commanders get a 1-0 record. The passing touchdown to Brian Robinson. Again, another opportunity where Brian, where uh, Sam House, sorry, uh, extends the play, reads the field, keeps all the options open, doesn't get tied down to one idea. And what happens? One of his playmakers comes up for him. He ends up with a touchdown pass. Uh, earlier in the game, uh, a 17-yard pass to Cole Turner. I know the, the clip has been floating around social media because there's a lot of good things in there. Really good rep by Sam Cosby to help pick up a blitz, but also a really good throw by Sam Howell to put the ball in the exact right spot. There is a defender in the area of that pass, but because of where Sam puts the ball, only Cole Turner uh, can come up with that ball. Those are some really good examples of what Sam Howell did against the Arizona Cardinals. Some things that he didn't do so well. We've already kind of chronicled some times where he held on the ball too long or he was and in, in addition to that, a side effect of that is sometimes when he got the ball out, he was inaccurate because of that lateness. And we've heard Ron Rivera talk about that during training camp as well. When you see a pass go behind a guy or low on a guy or even overshooting guys, sometimes it's because the quarterback is late. So you're off platform, you're out of rhythm, you're not feeling comfortable. And that's what ends up happening. There was a really bad ball uh, by Sam Howell during the game against Cardinals where he missed Jahan Dotson. Jahan was relatively wide open, could have been a really big game. He just completely sailed it. It's because he was late on it, you know? Um, so that inaccuracy due to holding the ball too long, really a, a two-in-one type of package, and then taking unnecessary hits. I think everybody kind of acknowledged it. Everybody understood it. We've heard Sam mention it before during the preseason. Coach Rivera reiterated it. I promise you his coaches are telling him, dude, you cannot keep taking all those hits. We need you on the field, not in the training room. Uh, so that, I think, is kind of the state of the offense. Again, this thing is kind of a work in progress. We're going to learn it as we see it. We think we know certain things. We'll see if those things prove to be true or not. If not, then we'll adjust the way that we're seeing the way that things are happening and go from there. But speaking of adjusting, when uh, Dax Mill went on the IR, the Washington Commanders adjusted by bringing in Jamison Crowder. Now he is on the active roster after being a practice squad call-up for week one. What does that mean for the punt return game? What does it mean for Dax Mill? That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Washington Commanders are opening the week as three-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road against the Denver Broncos. Now, traditionally, home teams get a field goal advantage right off the bat, so three-and-a-half points really means that the bookies in uh, in Vegas think it's about a half-point uh, edge to the Denver Broncos. So take that for what it's worth. But right now, new customers, you bet $5, and you'll get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And if I was new to FanDuel, I would put $5 on the commander's money line. Don't worry about the spread. Just go money line because I do think they'll beat the Denver Broncos more on that coming up later this week. Plus, all customers you bet, whether it's your new, whether you've been around $5, you bet $5, you'll get a $100 uh, off voucher for NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. I recently took advantage of that deal. It worked out pretty great. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official sports partner of the National Football League. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Thanks for making a lot of time. Commanders first listen or view today and every day. Every day is again. Thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Insiders also wanted to know about young defenders and punt returner Jamison Crowder as we continue with this Tuesday mailbag episode. I'm going to start with Jamison Crowder because uh, he's easier, honestly. I think the, the answer there uh, is easier. I had a couple of questions pertaining to his, his abilities on the field, to what uh, his, his status is going to be moving forward. So Jamison Crowder, three returns on Sunday, 10 total yards, two returns of five yards each and one fair catch. So not super, you know, electric stat line or anything like that, but there was, you know, there were a couple moments there where you kind of saw some of the juice that a guy like Jamison Crowder can bring to the punt return game. Uh, and, and I think it's something that, you know, this team has been looking for for a little bit. And you, you want to get it out of Dax and Dax acknowledged during training camp that he wants to get it out of himself. He understands the fans want it. He wants it. The media wants it. Everybody wants it. But at the same time, the value in just simply fielding the ball is very important. Jameson Crowder has experience doing both. He has experience fielding the ball. He also has experience bringing a little bit of electricity. Didn't see a lot of the electricity. Saw some. I mean, there were short runbacks, but there was still some electricity in those runbacks. We'll continue to see that because he is on the active roster. What that means is, according to Coach Ron Rivera, that basically he's the veteran stabilizer to the punt return game while Dax Mill is on the med. Dax Mill is on the on the IR, which means you you're, he's gone for at least four weeks. Potentially, he'd come back week five uh, or, or later, depending on the status of his injury. So, Jameson Crowder, you figure, is around till at least after week four, through week four. Uh, kind of considered an extended, you know, an extended tryout. If he gets a touchdown return in that time, if he got a couple explosive returns and doesn't fumble or muff any punts, like certainly, you know, there's a there's a reality where he could take that job and maybe Dax Milne returns uh, not to the active roster, but to the practice squad. I don't know. You know what I mean? Maybe they just keep him on IR for the year and let him completely mend. Again, soft tissue issues are, are kind of hard to deal with. So, you know, we'll have to see how they how that how it goes. All we know for sure is that James Crowder is going to be your part returner week two in Denver. And from there, we'll have to go from there. And again, I asked Ron Rivera about it, and he specifically said we're going to have to take game by game. So that's not you know a solidified answer, but I don't know week two if you can expect a whole lot of solidified answers, especially with a team that's got a lot of turnover uh, for as far as scheme and, and operations is concerned. But that's probably the best answer we can give for Jamison Crowder in the punt return game as of right now. What about the defense? Had a lot of insiders asking about defensive stuff. Quan Martin, uh, Emmanuel Forbes, the pass rush rotation, linebackers, all kinds of defensive questions coming through. Some of them got asked Ron Rivera. I was able to ask the defensive end rotation uh, question to Ron Rivera after Chase Young was ruled out. Um, so starting with the rookie, Emmanuel Forbes, had more questions about Emmanuel than I think anybody else. Emmanuel Forbes really didn't speak, or uh, Ron Rivera didn't really speak specifically about Emmanuel himself. I know Emmanuel Forbes was happy to get uh, passed his defense in his rookie debut, wanted to get the interception there at the end of the game, but you know, was happy to get his hand on it and help the team close out the game. But Ron Rivera really did his focus on the rotation of defensive backs, right? He said that he felt veterans Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice are really talented, more veteran guys. They were playing really well, so they didn't feel and they don't feel a need to really force Emmanuel Forbes onto the field. Kind of live within your, your system, live within what you have, uh, and then use him to better what you have, not try to replace something completely fuller in St. Juice ended up playing 100% of the snaps on Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, Emmanuel Forbes, his first NFL game uh, as a rookie played 65% of defensive snaps. And I know some people are going to be really disappointed in that because some people have spent all off season preseason saying, you don't spend a first round pick on a guy for him to play, you know, X amount of snaps, not, you know, not play the entire game, not be a starter. But I tried to remind everybody going back to Jahan Dotson, like Jahan Dotson was brought in here first round pick. But he really was that number three receiver uh, for much of the time that he was healthy 
And certainly the injury kind of derailed any type of ascent up the, the depth chart that he would he would have taken. But, you know, this team has done these types of things before. And it's basically what we talked about before with Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Jude's being the top two guys in the secondary for the cornerbacks uh, in, in Jack Del Rio's system. And then Emmanuel Forbes is kind of that third guy, whether it's a matchup thing, a rotational thing, a snap count thing, whatever it is. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes is is there as that as he's the third guy on the, on the field. You know what I mean? But he's a very talented third guy on the field. And I'm sure that as he gets his feet wet and he starts making plays and, and shows some things, he'll probably get on the field a little bit more, you know, and then we all know how the NFL works, man. You know, Kendall Fuller might get injured. Benjamin St. Juice might get injured. Could just be for a series, could be for a week, could be for a month, uh, whatever it is, there's going to come a time where this team needs uh, Emmanuel Forbes on a more consistent basis, but they have to have him, not they can use him. So for right now, they're kind of easing him in, playing him where they can, playing him where it makes sense, getting him the experience, and then that way when they need him uh, more more than they do now, he'll have a good base of, of experience uh, to go through. So that's pretty much says on Emmanuel Forbes and how he relates to Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller as well. Speaking of rotations, the defensive end, right defensive end specifically where Chase Young usually lives, that was obviously filled. Starter was James Smith-Williams, but you had Casey Tuhill come through there. Andre Jones Jr. got in there a little bit. Uh, so kind of a, a conglomerate of guys filling in for Chase Young there. I asked Coach Ron Rivera about that rotation. He told me, quote, I thought it went really well. I thought the veteran guys got their opportunities. James Smith-Williams was solid, very stout at that point or at the point. He held the point very nicely. For the most part, he was able to contain the quarterback on some of the play action boots. He was very disciplined, got vertical and forced the ball to the quarterback's hands a couple of times. Casey Tuhill came in and he was his usual, very, very steady self. He, again, set very good edges, kept the ball inside of him. On the pass rush, he was able to stay disciplined, keep the edge up, force the quarterback to step up. And so they picked up right where they left off as a group. And it was really nice to see. I mean, I thought both those veteran guys really handled it well. And I think it's just the tandem of guys that we had that will continue to you. So James with Williams, Casey Tuhill, uh, those are going to be your right side defensive ends as long as Chase Young uh, is out. Andre Jones will continue to get work here and there as they need to. Uh, KJ Henry potentially as well moving into the future. Speaking of Chase Young, you know, we had to ask Ron Rivera about Chase and Ron Rivera said, quote, again, he will just continue to do what the doctor's asking of him. The biggest thing is we're going to introduce him into full contact. It'll be an opportunity to go out and see where he is. So we'll go from there, end quote. So starting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, expect to see Chase getting some full contact. We won't see it. Actually, we'll hear about it uh, because we don't get to see that part of of practice. We can see individual drills, stuff like that, which is what we've been seeing. Uh, already. So a lot of good questions coming from our lock insiders range of, of topics. And I was able to get a good amount of answers for you guys. So hopefully that helps answer some of the questions we had out there in commanders fan land. Now there's a result from week one in the national football league that presented an interesting question from one commanders fan on Twitter. That's coming on next on today's episode of locked on commanders, part of locks on podcast network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on Price Picks, I'm taking Giants running back Saquon Barkley for more than 60 yards and Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, for more than two passing touchdowns. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Price Picks now offers Apple Pay as well for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. 
Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up this Tuesday mailbag episode with a question from Twitter. Cameron McDonald on Twitter asks, if the Jets approach with a trade for Jacoby Brissett, and offer maybe a third. Should we take it? Uh, of course, talking about the Washington Commanders. Should the Washington Commanders take a trade offer from the New York Jets for a third-round pick for Jacoby Brissett? That question, of course, is coming because the New York Jets on Monday Night Football suffered an injury. Two quarterback Aaron Rodgers confirmed on Tuesday morning a torn Achilles. He is out for the season. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers' career may actually be over. That Just, just as quickly as it started in New York, it's already done and over. Uh, that's an interesting topic. And here's, here's what I will say. There are reasons for both. The reasons to say yes are Jacoby Brissett is not the future quarterback of this team. He's not the present quarterback of this team, but he's certainly not the future quarterback of this team, right? And if you're Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, all these guys, if you're going to keep your job, it is not going to be because of Jacoby Brissett. If you're going to keep your job, you're going to keep it because the future of your team looks bright compared to where you're at right now. Um, so that's that's a reason to potentially take that. Now, I don't know that the Jets would offer a third-round quarterback, but the Jets are in an interesting situation because they've kind of gone all in on this season. And now with Aaron Rodgers out, like if you kind of pull back from that, that's that's not a good look. So spending a, a next round, next year third-round pick for Jacoby Brissett certainly feels high. But you're talking about a quarterback who's been working out. He's been in camp. Not your camp, but he's been in a camp and he's been, you know, working. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do because if they're going to make a move, you figure they kind of have to make it here in the next couple of days or else they're going to have to roll with Zach Wilson for at least a couple of weeks, right? Um, the other side of that is, you know, if you're Ron Rivera and this staff, could you show Josh Harris and the managing group that you have a good grip on the future if you turn to Chigobi Brissett, and, and again, most likely that would be due to injury to Sam Howell, which we don't hope happens. But if you lose Sam Howell and you have Jacoby Brissett and you have some success, you're, you're still not booking your future on Jacoby. But can you then go Josh Harris, say, look what we were able to do with a mid-level veteran quarterback because of the pieces in the scheme that we have in place. Now, imagine if we put a really good young quarterback or if, you know, let's say Sam's doing really well up until that point. We bring Sam back healthy, you know, imagine what we could do. You know, there, there's, there's some truth to that too. So I, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. Um, you know, a third round pick doesn't help you this year. And honestly, I I'm, I'm more in the mindset of secure this season than worry about next season. So if I'm in this decision-making situation, I probably pass, you know what I mean? Um, now if they're offering me, you know, a, a player that I think could, impact my team this year, you know, then, then maybe I, I consider it, but it's an interesting question. I'm, I'm interested to know what everybody out there thinks. So if you're, if you're listening to this, watching this, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, drop your comments, drop your answer in the, in the, in the comment section. If you're on audio, you know, text me, if you're an insider, uh, uh, tweet me D Harrison 82, your answer. I'm really interested to hear what you all think uh, about that question. So really good question. 
uh, Cameron. I appreciate that uh, from you as well. So looking at some snap counts from week one to wrap up our Cardinals conversation tomorrow, we're going to turn more towards the preparation for the week ahead. We're going to turn more towards the Denver Broncos. Uh, Quan Martin had no defensive snaps, second round pick, no defensive snaps, but 18 snaps on special teams in his NFL debut. Uh, he downed one punt inside the Cardinals 10, and then he was called for a penalty on a punt return later that took the ball from the Washington 18 to the nine yard line. Later on in the game, it was announced that he was in concussion protocol. Uh, and Ron Rivera told us on Monday that he remains in concussion protocol. So we'll see any updates by him Wednesday, Thursday or Friday heading into Denver, but he may not be flying to Denver. Uh, concussion protocols these days, typically guys miss at least a week. Usually if, if they're in concussion protocol, uh, third round draft pick, Ricky Stromberg uh, got three offensive snaps in place of Sam Cosme, who was being evaluated for concussion for a short period of time during the game himself. Uh, got no special teams reps. Andre Jones Jr., four snaps on defense. K.J. Henry uh, got 13 reps on special teams. The two rookie defensive ends getting some work. Chris Rodriguez, rookie running back, finished with three offensive snaps. Got carries on all three of those offensive snaps. Uh, no real big surprises out of that. Cody Barton, the new linebacker, played 100% of the defensive snaps in his first game in Washington. Got four tackles in that effort. Coming up tomorrow, we are back at practice for the first time. I'm going to Terry McLaurin's birthday uh, event at FedEx Field along with his you know, charitable foundation, Safeway Charitable Foundation. So you know, if there's anything to report from that, I will certainly be reporting that. Insiders, I will be t- texting you from the event live uh, on Tuesday night. So if you got your phones handy, you'll be getting some texts from me from Terry McLaurin's birthday event. Uh, again, Safeway Charitable Foundation, Terry McLaurin Foundation at FedEx Field on Tuesday night, literally walking out the door as soon as this episode is uh, uploaded into YouTube and audio streams. We're back at practice tomorrow. So more injury news, more injury updates. You know Chase Young's going to be asked about. We'll be here to talk about all of it. In the meantime, you got more questions for future mailbags or comments, throw them into the YouTube comment section. Hit me on Twitter or become a Lock Insider by going to joinsubtext.com slash commanders. As always, thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day is thank you for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Thanks so much for making me part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.